0: on our last British tour, I was sick as a dog right before we went on stage. Uh, You know, projectile vomit, like the exorcist, the whole bit, like really horrible and uh, went on stage and I remember for most of the gig, I just felt, I felt, I kept thinking, I wonder if anybody would mind if I lie down.
1: Hi, this is Lowell Tolhurst, co-founder Of the Cure.
2: This is Budgie, co founder of The Creatures, drummer with The Slits, and
1: Susie and the Banshees. Welcome to Curious Creatures, life after punk. You may think you know the territory, but we we drew drew the map. What's the recipe today? The recipe today
2: is We're going to go back to Miles Hunt And Mark Jim yep. Wait, And we're going to pick up where we left off And we were talking a lot about food A lot about drink yeah. And we're also talking about John McGeoch as well An old, old, old pal of ours An old band friend of mine, bandmate So we're going to, without further ado Here we go
0: Both Milo and I are big uh, John McGeoch fans And we did our little homage on the last album Didn't we, Miles?
3: We did, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, the, the 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 when uh, when we co-wrote to together uh, for the last Wonder Stuff album. So if I'd come up with the original set of chords and a, a little beat and a, a, a scratch vocal melody, like, so can you do anything with this, Mark? And he'd be like yeah well okay give me give me a little bit of guidance like who who are we looking at and it would be usually like a handful of our favorite guitarists. so it'd be either mick ronson but usually john mcgeoch wouldn't it be well just do mcgeoch (laughs) that you do so well
0: yeah there was definitely uh definitely the ghost of mcgeoch going on like we had songs like bound which are very very reminiscent and inspired by mcgeoch style approach you know guitars spellbound that kind of thing you know
3: well, it's only just struck me that I caught you. You wrote that I, I said you write something that sounds like it belongs in the Wonder Stuff's arsenal, and you wrote the track that became Bound, which is very much Spellbound. And then it's only just occurred to me: all I did was take the spell off it for the title.
2: <laughs> I was going to say I, I, I saw um, one of these YouTube, um, you know, kind of analyzing songs. And it wasn't anything to do with the songs. It was to do with two guitarists talking. And they were saying the best guitarists, in their opinion, you you, you don't see their fingers move. It, there's such an economy of movement that you, can't, you, yeah. you 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 don't really know what they're playing. And I know this to be true because we had to re- get many guitarists after John McGill left us. <laughs> and we had videos and we had clips and we had things to watch and nobody could figure out what fingering he was using, a heart, what strings were ringing, what were damped. Yeah. It, his yeah. hand appeared to do nothing. It was just, <laughs> didn't seem to move anywhere, yeah. and yeah. it was a, yeah amazing, it's amazing. The sign of a a fluid, yeah, it, natural talent. Yeah.
0: Very, very creative. Very creative.
3: Yeah, and orally, it's just there's it's so much move that's why he's one of my favorite guitarists there's so much movement and it's so strange and it's so unpredictable whether it was you know with Susan the banshees or magazine or public image limited you know he he carried that style through everything it's like what the how the hell is he doing this yeah, yeah.
1: i i always remember john after after a, a, a night on the town let's say he would turn up you know maybe maybe i'd crash out at, at, at severin's place or something right and he'd come round in the morning with with soup and champagne and he'd say you know this this is this is a scottish you know cure for your hangover wow <laughs> it didn't really work but it was quite fun trying it. i
2: think the, the scots the scots just made all this stuff up you know like haggis nobody up there probably eats haggis they just export it and go Look, watch watch them all eat this dry blood and maggots and stuff
1: <laughs> uh, have you ever had haggis
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Many times.
1: It's interesting.
0: It's interesting. I I actually
3: enjoy it, yeah.
2: Okay. Favourite snack on the road? (laughs) (laughs) Curry verse. There you go. Oh, curry verse is so bizarre, right? Yeah. Our uh, our sound engineer uh, was
3: reminding me of something on this last tour. So our sound engineer has been with us forever, Simon. I happened to say to Simon about seven or eight years ago, we were doing a gig and uh, he said, uh, do you enjoy it, mate? And and I was like, yeah, but you know what kept going through my mind all the way through the show, and this does happen to me more often than it should, was that I'd got a Scotch egg stashed away in the fridge on the <laughs> tour bus. And I was thinking this while we were playing, I can't <laughs> wait to get back to that Scotch egg. <laughs> so what what is... Wow. The most mundane thought you've ever had whilst you're on stage. <laughs> I
2: think Scotch egg takes some beating, Miles. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, Scotch egg.
2: It does. It does. <laughs> to the uninitiated, so an egg covered in uh, minced meat in in breadcrumbs, yeah. deep fried. Yeah, and
3: Pretty deep much. fried. But 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 the the, the genius version, because you have talked about this on the podcast before. I've heard you have this conversation yeah. and I want it. I'm, I'm glad it's come up again because you were really had a downer on it, Budgie. But if you go to a good restaurant where they can pull it off, that the yolk is still runny. Yeah. Oh, that just begs that the question how do you do this? You know, wow. the garage four court scotch egg is no treat at all. But in a good restaurant, it's it's quite the feat. Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: I'm going to digress here a little bit, but I remember a few years ago I was I was in Memphis, and I I thought well when in Memphis I better go and visit Elvis. You know I better go to Graceland. I better go and see it. So we went over there, and um, everything in Graceland, if you haven't been there, is exactly as you would imagine it. You know, like really crazy. You know, because he's got the the TV room that's uh, blue and yellow with three TVs and then he's got this jungle room which is like super crazy but the really, really crazy room in the whole house is the kitchen because the kitchen is exactly like any 1970s American kitchen because, and I figured it out it's because it was Elvis's church you know, that's where he went to get the big deep fried sandwiches so nothing could look too weird it had to look like his mother's kitchen and it did know, so you walk through the place and everything else is like bonkers you know but the kitchen is is the shrine and that that's where he was you know so
0: interesting oh, yeah. yeah i i i went there as well i remember being struck by how small it felt the house feel it's on this huge oh yeah uh a yeah, couple of acres of land then you got this little tiny house in the middle of it up on a slight hill and it and it all feels yeah. really small and you're like wow elvis lived here yeah
1: yeah no it is it's very small and uh then did you go on the on the plane as well did you go to The, yep. Lise, the Lise- that's Marie? small as well that's yeah, as yeah. Well. yeah, yeah. Right. quite interesting <laughs> And Elvis wasn't small. I mean, like metaphorically or physically, yeah. he wasn't small. So, mm-hmm. maybe ha-
2: but did he have some kind of like you know um, ocular or sort of um, problem? Do you think he saw th- he saw things bigger than they were? <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> My, I remember going go, going on stage, wanting not to be able to taste the thing that I'd eaten. Uh, I, it was I didn't want to have a reminder of what I was doing before I got on stage, unless it was a vodka <laughs> 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 or, or something like that. You know, we, before we went on, me, John and Severin in the early days would all meet at the bar hoping that Susie wasn't down yet because she was still getting ready in her room. And there'd be time for us each to get the same drink and drink the same drink at the same time, like to be as ready as each other. Right. Um, right. And that was great. That was like seemed be really cool. It wasn't like a big drink. We just had right, like yeah. a little vodka or whatever it might be, a shot, a beer or something but it was when Susie kind of came down and go like, I want one too. We go, no, no. We.
1: <laughs> and uh, but I suppose
2: it changed when when we realized we came down and everybody had been drinking differently. <laughs> That's when you realized, okay, yeah. this is not really, this is not the way it should be. You know, somebody's kind of like already like, hey, yeah, it's going to be yeah. a great gig tonight, isn't it? Going to be a great gig yeah. tonight. <laughs> you're like, oh yeah, that was me.
1: <laughs> I, d- I don't know if Robert still does this, but years ago he used, he used to have it sort of like manage his uh, intake, as it were, you know, because we're playing longer and longer sets. You went longer and longer and longer and longer and longer and longer and longer. Right. Yeah. And you couldn't drink so much at the beginning because you know you wouldn't make it through the thing you know you just fall off the stage or something so he would have um like 10 glasses along the front of the drum riser with varying uh dilutions of sangria so the first one would be mostly orange juice and a little red wine and by the time it got to the end it was like you know the last the last encore one was like supercharged you know and he would manage to drink his way through all of that come off stage and then lie on the dressing room floor for a half an hour before he could get up and talk to people you know so but if, if he changed the arrangement if somehow you know his uh, tech had, had moved the drinks in the wrong order that could have been a very interesting wow. night, you know?
0: <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: My thoughts going on stage, um, I, I used to, The most banal thoughts I ever had was, I wonder if my laundry's done. <laughs> but the best thoughts I ever had were yeah. usually... Like, you know, from places that we played, like we played at Smith College in, in Northampton, in America, and that was where Sylvia Plath went to school. So, you know, I was like, oh, okay, this is where Sylvia Plath went. And, you know, it was very, you know, interesting to me. And it was an all-female college, so it was even more kind of interesting. You know, I was a young man and that.
0: Miles My, will recall that on, the last, on our last British tour, I, I was sick as a dog right before we went on stage, uh, you know, projectile vomit like the exorcist the whole bit like really horrible and uh went on stage and i remember for most of the gig i just felt i felt i kept thinking i wonder if anybody would mind if i lie down (laughs) (laughs) during the gig (laughs) (laughs) like serious thoughts like i think i need to lie down and like looking at the set list because we were doing two sets And like looking halfway through the second set list, you know, two hours in thinking, do you think anybody would mind if I just lie down for a bit and just like play while I'm lying down? Because I felt just so sick as a dog and (laughs) trying not to throw up. Um, And uh, yeah, the most bizarre thought now, when I think about it, that I seriously considered if I could just lie down for a
2: bit. Did you lie down? Did you manage to lie down?
0: I didn't, no, I didn't. I managed to stick it out to the end of the gig, you know um yeah it's crazy it was like some weird sort of stomach bug that kind of worked its way through the band it was weird
2: whilst on stage
0: it was very <laughs> weird and and that now that was at nottingham rock city yes rock city. wow yeah. there's the gig yeah crazy yeah that's the gig that's the gig to lie down on isn't it? <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's where all the angels had the, their motorcycles underneath the uh, stage, right underneath the club. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: And
2: it's yeah. still angels that do security there now. Right. Yeah.
1: So your your story of uh, wanting to lie down on stage, Paul Paul Thompson had had a similar experience. He he had he had broken his arm skateboarding, but luckily it wasn't the you know, it wasn't the arm that he needed, you know, to do the complicated thing. So he could still sort of move it up and down a bit, you know, like this and play a bit. So um, he got very sick, and he was on stage, and he was thinking, "I'm going to fall over." So. It, Two of the crew, it was like a spinal tap, you know, when the guy gets out of the uh, the pod, you know, and they have to hold him up. They were holding Pearl up because he was going to fall over otherwise, you know, and they were sort of helping <laughs> move his arm up and down, you know, the appropriate point for the last two songs of the set. Cause that, you know, and then he did fall down, but, you know. It just like had this hundred and five fever. Wow. You know, it was like delirious playing, and people thought, "That's right. great! What a great show! Look, he's really into it." You
2: know?
1: <laughs> You'd be surprised what you can get away with.
2: I'm, I'm still trying to get over the the the, the, sound, the the choice of sangria this is a weird one right there's like this i think your, your story is very uh, revealing of the um the mental makeup of mr smith it's it's, it's a bit
1: ocd it's a very- <laughs> um I- well but yeah but it also has a very um a very practical aspect which when i tell you you'll go and, and miles will you know probably you know uh, agree with this. Uh, very. I because I asked him the question, why why sangria? You know, and he said, you can't drink beer and uh, sing because the first thing you're going to do is burp straight into uh, the mic. You know, mm-hmm. so that yep. that's really that's really it. And also, you know, it's not a great volume. It's not a great large volume, so you don't need to go. Uh, excuse me, Wembley. Why I just go off and right. pee? You yeah. know. So,
2: <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: Well, that was going to be my question. As, as the as as the cures sets became more momentous over time, yeah, um, yeah, how did you manage to stay on stage without needing to go to the bathroom? Uh, and it, it, has this happened to anybody? And Erica, uh, our violinist, maintains that it doesn't matter how much you drink. You never want to go to the loo when you're on stage, and the other thing—and see if you find any truth in this—the other thing that you can't do on stage is yawn. <laughs> like you can't physically yawn on stage. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think that's that's very true. Um, in actual fact, I did have a method early on. For for you know dealing with that problem of of too much liquid intake before the show. Okay. Um, we had one tour where we had like sc- screens at the side of the stage, and they had lights that would light them up from behind and change to different colours. I we'd play a song. I think it was Grinding Hall, and, and it was had long intro, long guitar intro. So if I would give Robert Michael the signal, hey, you know extra extra 12 bars you know just keep going keep going and i could go (laughs) behind one of these screens and pee into a bucket that was strategically placed there right because you couldn't make it off stage in time back to the dressing room and you know then back on stage it would be too long so i had the bucket brilliant but you know (laughs) the ld played a nice little joke one night because he thought you know it'd be it'd be amusing to bring up the the floor paths, you know, behind me. And then there was this, you know, gigantic 20 foot shadow of me peeing into a bucket, which uh, (laughs) the audience took in their stride and thought it was part of the show, you know, and and I, I sort of came back and there was a, you know, Giggles and tittering, and I, I thought I'm just, go- I'm just going to have to face this off because you know, <laughs> pretend it was all part of the thing, you know, and not, not do anything otherwise, you know, I'll never live it down. So, oh, really,
2: you know, it's all getting very close to Rick Waitman's yes stories of when Chris Squire was having his bass solo, Rick would order in the Indian curry, <laughs> 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 and the, the, the chow mein, the curry would arrive, and Chris is into the middle, of, you know, like the. the Rocking out at the front there. Um, Susie used to throw up in my oh. bass drum occasionally.
1: Really? Really. <laughs>
2: wow.
3: <laughs> oh my God. Uh, nice job for the tech to have to clean
1: up. But that sounds, that sounds like it might be quite a technically difficult feat, because if you're still playing at that point, surely, you know, it would be projected back
2: you know yeah yeah i yeah, know no, no. Yeah. were you kind to
3: her and you switched the beat onto the toms <laughs> always i thought <know>. here <laughs> she such comes a, here such,
0: she such comes. a gentleman i
3: such,
2: know
0: it's such a gentleman i remember when i toured with um wayne hussey and craig adams you know the mission they would both have they would both have buckets tr- right. strategically placed behind their amps, and they would routinely just fucking throw up into these buckets. i thought it, I, I, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I could wow. throw up on demand into a bucket. They seem to can, have it down to a fine art, you know.
2: So throwing up yeah. is okay. You can't pee yeah. and you can't yawn, right? Right. So that kind of that, that does away with any kind of <laughs> no no kind of weird sex on stage, really, is there? You know.
0: Pregnant pause. Oh.
2: Pregnant pause. Pregnant pause. Pregnant
0: pause. <laughs> that's a, that's the name of my next band. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's the um, that's the the worst. That's the worst job with somebody, you know, that's like, you know, who you you were, you know, Keith Richards vomit roadie or something, you know. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. who gets to carry the bucket off stage afterwards? You're not so, letting this go, are you? I can see yeah, this is the episode you yeah, wanted, wanted to do. have, I know. <laughs>
2: yeah. Let's get right down to it here. <laughs> no Uh, i'm out on the road i'm out on the road with a little little uh outfit called um uh, hercules and love affair so that i did, that popped up on my wikipedia page i don't know who does my wikipedia page but it's nobody all, uh, does all the dates <laughs> are on is that gonna live with me forever probably will um but it's nice to be back out great. playing live i, I really yeah, uh really en- really enjoying it
0: that's great
2: will you be in the uk with this yeah, playing London, I think, at the August. Yeah, end of August. Uh, somewhere called Ah. Somewhere it's like a new place, right where uh, Denmark Street used to be. Oh,
3: I don't know
0: what's okay. around
3: there. But, um, you know yeah, where all yeah. like
2: the music stores were off. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you had, like, oh, what's the guitar shop and um, Andes Morris and things. Andes, yeah, yeah. It was Andes, wasn't it? i'll leave you with a
1: good story good story a good story this is last lost story about andy's so in the early days of the cure robert had a top 20 guitar you know from walworth that was what he played right and he was and he was absolutely devoted to it he wasn't going to play anything else until you know he got a little extra money and he thought well i quite like you know the jazz master I'm going to get a couple of jazz masters so he got a couple of jazz masters and then we walked I was with him I remember this happening we walked into Andy's with the jazz masters and you know they were going to set them up ready for tour and then he got the um, the top 20 out of his bag and said and can you take the two pickups off of the um <laughs> no the, no, yeah, no really and put, them, and put the put take the woolworths pickups and put them between oh, no. the jazz master pickups and they looked at us <laughs> as if we just you know, you know committed some kind of immortal sin you know and and they went what what you you want the woolworths pickups wow. on the fender no right yeah and, 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 and he went yeah, that's exactly what he want. And if you look at some of the early pictures of the Jazzmaster, you'll see it. They did there.
0: it! Wow. It's wow. It's there. Uh, Interesting. Yeah,
1: they did it. They didn't like it. They didn't want to do it, oh, but God. they did it.
0: Yeah. Wow. So kudos uh, to right? Amazing.
2: Yeah. yeah, guitar geekiness rules. Are you sure.
0: that's like saying here's my brand new Ferrari now can you put that Mark 1 Ford Escort engine in it please
2: yeah exactly Exactly. it sounds better than the one they put in it yeah Curious Creatures is created and presented by Lol Tolhurst and Budgie. Producer, Joe Wong. Producer and audio designer, Dan
1: Didier. Executive producer, Mark Cates. Associate producer, Sophie Wilde. Digital marketing, Margie Taylor. Art
2: and logo design, Justin Thomas K. Music production, Jack Knife Lee. Curious Creatures is on the web, and you can access us at
1: www.curiouscreaturespodcast.com And you can reach us on Instagram and Facebook at Curious Creatures Official Twitter at Cure Creatures
2: To find more of the best music podcasts visit doubleelvis.com or follow at doubleelvis on Instagram or at doubleelvis on Twitter
1: Curious Creatures is a production of LXB LLC 2022